Hi, I'm Jessica, and when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports, or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. I am so excited about today's episode. Before we dive in, I want to introduce my guest a little bit. Jane Marsilio is everywhere on social media, Teacher Pay Teacher. In her website, you can find her at ciliomusic.com. She is just such an amazing person to talk to about music education. And I love our conversation that we had. And I hope that you get something from it as well. She has taught seven years in elementary music and one year in middle school. And what's so cool about her story is it's kind of similar to mine where she didn't have any resources when she began teaching. And that's why she decided to start her teacher pay teacher store, actually, because she had no curriculum and nothing to teach with. And so she basically just had to make everything for herself. Um, In the process of our conversation, um, we talked a lot about routines, how they help how that helps with classroom management and how you can decide what routines to use with your students and how to change routines if you need to. And how do you go about doing that? I'm really excited about this topic and I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation because I know you're going to get a lot from it. So make sure you click on the show notes where you'll see the link to her website and teacher pay teacher store, or like I said, just find her anywhere online at ciliomusic.com. Let's go ahead and dive right in with today's conversation. Okay, well, we're welcoming Jane to the podcast. And like I said, she's from ciliomusic.com. And you guys, just from talking to her before we started recording this podcast episode, I am telling you right now, you are going to get so much from her. And just, she is just relatable and is going to give you some nuggets of wisdom that you can do in your classroom. And like I said, I want this podcast to feel like if you're listening to this and you are new to teaching elementary music or you just don't know where to start, that you can relate to music teachers coming on here who are in the classroom just like you every day figuring it out as well. So with that said, I would love Jane to introduce herself a little bit and then we're going to go ahead and get started. Hey, so thanks for having me. Um, So I was a music teacher for eight years. I was, I did seven years in Maryland in elementary school. And last year, uh, well, I moved to North Carolina and I didn't know how long I'd be here. And you know how hard it is to start at a brand new school. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know when I'd be moving because my husband's going to school down here. So I just decided to take a part-time job, like a temporary job teaching middle school and that got absorbed by the full-time arts teachers. So this year I'm just doing some occasional subbing. So I just wanted to make it clear that. No. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's okay. No, yeah. That's fine. I completely understand that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to come across like, oh, I'm still in the classroom, but yeah, I do sub here and there. So yeah, no, that's perfectly <laughs> fine. You are, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, in my story is I'm not currently in the classroom either because I'm running my business full time, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you are in the classroom, you're not in the classroom, if you're taking a break or whatever, 
any music educator can relate to any music educator. And, <laughs> That's true. You know, it is true. And I've read this quote that says that once a teacher, always a teacher. And, you mm -hmm. know, and this is total side note, but I feel like I'll be in a restaurant or even a grocery store and you see a child misbehaving and your first thought is you want to go and correct them. And you're like, wait, not, <laughs> not my problem. No, no, no. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So I just want to start off by asking you, I love asking this question first. What is your favorite thing about teaching music? So my favorite thing, well, I, I just love watching kids have fun. So I just love watching them when they're fully engrossed in whatever musical thing we're doing, whether it's like sometimes they have this like laser focus when they're reading music or sight reading, or sometimes like, I don't know, we're, if we're having a concert and they're just so into the music and sometimes you can see like a little tear roll down their cheek mm -hmm. and like, it's just so special. So. Yeah, I think that's awesome. No, mm -hmm. it's true because so many kids nowadays don't get to experience music except for in the actual music class itself. And they, like you said, seeing a tear roll down their cheek, that's so <laughs> sweet because they honestly, there's probably like times they haven't ever, you know, really experienced emotions that music makes them feel. Mm -hmm. And so getting to see that is amazing as an elementary music teacher. You don't think that's going to be part of the job. You don't really think about that even in college, mm -hmm. but that's great. I love that answer. Okay. So you already answered about um, what your favorite thing about teaching music is. So today's topic is not just about classroom management, but using routines in classroom management. And before we started recording, I told you how I love this topic because I feel like, and I've been guilty of this as well, about just talking about classroom management procedures, the rules, this, 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 <laughs> consequences. But, and all of that is very important, of course. But mm -hmm. I think when you have good routines in your classroom and you keep your class time moving, that honestly helps alleviate a lot of alleviate. There we go. A lot of the classroom management issues that you have. So my question to you is, um, do you think classroom management is something new elementary music teachers need to realize how important it is? Yes. So <laughs> important because I did, I didn't realize it when I started and I was just kind of like, like I was telling you before, I didn't have a curriculum. I didn't have set lessons when I started. I was an instrumental person. So um, all my student teaching was with band and orchestra. Mm. And I just was so overwhelmed. And I was trying to use the music textbooks, which are totally not in any kind of yeah. sequence or order. <laughs> oh, girl, I had the old ones too. I think mine were from like 1995. <laughs> they were amazing. The pictures yeah. on there were like, what are these kids wearing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it wasn't until my fourth year of teaching where I was kind of like, I need to have a plan. <laughs> so that's when I started thinking for the long term and developed a routine where I could just plug in everything I wanted to teach. And it made my life so much easier. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. So first of all, you said something and I want to touch on that. You said your fourth year is when you felt like you needed to develop a routine. I have talked to so many teachers and this is kind of getting off track and we'll get back on track in a minute, but I've talked mm -hmm. to so many teachers who say there's something about after your first three years, mm -hmm. you feel like you start kind of feeling more confident or having a little bit of a handle on what you're doing. Do you feel like that's true? Yeah, I do. And I'm so surprised because, because, you know, we've gone to school, we, we know how to read music and play music and we're supposed to know how to teach music, but it's so funny how that confidence level isn't there for a lot of people in the beginning. And it really took up 
it took a few years for me to realize, oh my goodness, I can do this. (laughs) I can really do this. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Totally true. It's so different going from student teaching to having your first job and then Mm -hmm. you're in there and you look around and you're like, wait a second, I'm totally (laughs) on my own now. And they, they're viewing me as this expert that, so I got to kind of just do it, I guess. That's how I felt too. You're standing there like, Mm -hmm. um, Okay, so I understand music. I have a degree in this, but nobody's here to help anymore. <laughs> right. And I'm not a great singer. And I and I and I was on a cart. So I rolled into oh, these man. classrooms. And I'm sure the classroom teachers were like, This is our new music teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so I immediately like started taking voice lessons and everything. I was just like, I really need to step it up. So Yeah. Oh, I can relate to that because I'm an instrumentalist mm-hmm. as well, clarinet and yeah. piano. And so, yeah, I've talked all about that singing. Mm-hmm. It, it's something about feeling a little uncomfortable around the kids, but like they didn't care as much as I thought they would. And yeah. That, it's I all know. in your head pretty much, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So we talked about your routines. I'm, I'm going to get back on track a little here. I just wanted to mention that about the three years thing because I think that's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Do you notice it's easier to teach music? You mentioned this a minute ago, but when you have a good classroom management system in place. Yes, I do think it's easier because it kind of puts my brain in the frame of mind of like, oh, I know what I'm doing. This is what we're going to do. And it kind of just calms, like it just puts me in a place where I just feel more confident. And instead of like going in and winging a new, a whole new like order to the lesson, I just feel like I know what I'm going to do and the kids know what I'm going to do. And they kind of just fall into that natural routine. Mm, That's good. No, that's good. When they know what to expect, a lot of times it takes out, what's the word I'm looking for? It just makes them feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. because they, they know what to expect next. Yeah. I related it to like, if, if you didn't have routines in your everyday life, like I'm so surprised it took me so long to realize this, but like if you're going to the grocery store and the routine was different every week, like you're going through a different door, the aisles were mixed up. Some weeks there's bread, some weeks there's not bread, like, like, or things that you do on a weekly basis. Like if you go to church service, I automatically know as soon as I walk in the door, we're singing three songs first and then we're going to do like the announcements. And then like, yeah, yeah. And, and we don't get tired of it. We're just used to it. It's mm-hmm. normal. And I, and I was a little bit worried that the kids would get tired of doing this same order, the same routine every day, but they never did. And I shouldn't have been surprised, but I really was. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. So let's talk about um, a little bit of the routines you do in your classroom. Okay. What routines work with your students? So this, I developed this specific routine and I kind of just carried it over and tweaked it because that, that fourth year I was getting assessed on Mm -hmm. whether or not my second graders could sight sing Somi La Do patterns. Okay. And, um, I was really nervous because one of my second grades was really like super rowdy, rambunctious. Like the first week of school, <laughs> there were kids underneath the rug, like oh, rolling no. around under the rug, just running in circles, like putting everything in their mouth. I had one <laughs> kid with like all the big emotions. Every Like if I didn't call on him to answer a question, it was just loud crying for the entire 45 minutes. Mm. <laughs> could just cry the whole time. So, so I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You just stand there with your eyes big, like, um, what? 
Yeah. So, so this was the, I was like, I need to set myself up for the year because by the end of the year, they need to know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So I think what I started with was they came in and sat in a semicircle and I did not change their seats the entire year. I was like, I'm not, if it's not broke, I'm not going to fix it. They sat in that, in those same seats every single day. And, (laughs) and, um, they came in, we did a hello song. Then I called Roll using Soulfish. Then we did this warm-up called The Daily Go. It's from Music Mind Games. It's really long. And so we learned it in small chunks and would add to it. Um, <clears throat> after that, I found a free, I was just like scrolling through Pinterest and I found a free resource on Teachers Pay Teachers. It's called Sofa Dojo. And it has six levels and it starts at soul me and there's different levels and stages. So every time they sing a pattern correctly, I would put a sticker on a sticker chart. And they were really into that, especially since all the second grade classes were watching each other to see who had the most stickers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we all they would sing a pattern. And if the whole class could sing it perfectly, we got a sticker. And then um, after that, I started pulling out a few different patterns for kids to sing individually. And then the final part was um, we would learn a folk song. So I would take a folk song like Apple Tree or something, and we would learn the rhythm and the solfege and like learn how to notate it and put it in order and all that. And that would take multiple lessons. So I'd break that up over multiple Mm -hmm. lessons. And by the final lesson, we would do like the game or the circle dance that went along with the song, but only if they could handle it. Cause yeah, <laughs> I'm used to just having like fun, 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 game, 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 but some classes can't handle too yeah. much fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely understand. Yeah. So going from like a rigid routine into like a fun game kind of kept that serious mindset all through the end to where it ran pretty smoothly. I was just, like even to the end of the year, it's like, I can't believe this is working. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like, first of all, I want to say, I think that's amazing how you developed your own routine. I, I love that. And I think every teacher, you're going to do what works best for your particular classroom. And so you and I talked a little bit about before we started recording about how your routine may not, did I say it right? Your routine may not work. <laughs> well in other classrooms or you don't know if your system would work for other students who you haven't you know been teaching and Mm so i mean would you encourage teachers to just find routine that the right routine that works for them and their particular set of students oh yeah definitely (laughs) because i couldn't teach like my mentor teachers and i just knew from my personality like some things were so draining to me that by the end of the day, I was just like exhausted and I just needed to have something to that felt comfortable and natural to me that I could use to get through like all of my lessons. That's good. And so that's a, it's okay if you don't teach like the music teacher down the street. If you mm-hmm. do things your way, it's yeah. your classroom and you find your teaching style. I think that's so important to stress because... I know when I started out, you learn about all the teaching methods, of course, in college, and then you get in your classroom and then you're like, well, how do I know what to pick? How do I know what to do? How do I know? I I felt so stuck with that. And so Mm -hmm. like you, I did kind of develop my own routines and just, it was kind of trial and error because things Mm -hmm. I thought were going to work 
work or, oh, the students will really respond to this. I would sometimes plan way too much <laughs> and then stress myself out not being able to get through it all in that 45 minute chunk of music. Yeah. And sometimes I would notice I did not plan enough. And so then it would be all this 10 minutes of downtime and 10 minutes in a music classroom seems like two hours, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like you, it just kind of takes time to just you try something, you try a routine, it doesn't work, then mm -hmm. try a different one or hey, okay, yeah. I'm going to put this place here or this here and then move it around. Is that kind of what you did to develop yours? Yes, I would say just like, start with a routine in mind and just tweak it as you go. But I will say, when I switched to a new school, I had a class that was kind of just like notorious for fighting. Mm -hmm. It was just like this cohort. And um, I, I was switching my routine too much. So I think what I didn't do was let my routine was to give my routine a chance. And I was just kind of having all this self doubt and then listening to all these other teachers and they were telling me what I should do and how I could change up my lessons. And I feel like that just made it worse because mm -hmm. every few weeks I would just be trying something totally new and that would throw everybody off. So I would just say like, if you're going to tweak your routine, that's fine. But um, don't change it completely. <laughs> well, hey there, music teacher. I hope you're having an amazing summer, which you totally deserve. But as you're enjoying your summer and taking professional development, I want to mention an upcoming free challenge that will help you start the next school year off right. So in this challenge, it's going to be five days, which we will go over how to start the school year off with success, work home life balance tips, how to plan for next school year during the summer, reflecting on the previous school year, and why professional development matters. I'm gonna go live inside of the Puppet Facebook group each day with a challenge video, and then the following day, I'm gonna go in there to answer any questions. And you'll also be given implementation tasks to complete before the next training. If you're not on Facebook, no worries. I'll be emailing out the replays of each training after I go live, so you can definitely still participate. The best thing is you're going to get to know other music teachers during the challenge who will help encourage and support you as you think through the challenge questions and as you think through your planning for the upcoming school year. The challenge starts July 22nd. Whenever you decide to join the challenge, you'll be emailed a link to join us. I'm so excited to get started and I really know that this will help music teachers with their mindset and planning the upcoming school year and I cannot wait to see you there. So all you need to do is simply head to thedomesticmusician.com slash training, or after you're at thedomesticmusician.com, click on the free training tab, and you will see the graphic for the Harmony Start the School Year Off five-day challenge, and just click on that, and you will be able to sign up. I can't wait to see you there, and have a great rest of your summer. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And so like you said, when you started at a new school, even with, you know, you're still you, obviously, but you had a whole new group of students who are having to relearn you and, you know, know your teaching style. And so you had to even change things up when you went to a new school. And so um, I wanted to ask you, you touched on a little bit about having some rough classes. And I feel like that's something that's not talked about a lot either is Okay, so like, let's say you have, I don't know, I'm just going to use the number four, four, and you said second grade. So let's go with that. Four second grade classes, and three of them are just all about everything you're teaching. And then you have that one. And what was hard for me is 
I wanted all the classes to learn the same thing, you know, but at the same time, I knew that, like you said, there's always that one class that couldn't necessarily get to that folk dance at the end because they could barely handle walking in the classroom, let's be <laughs> honest. And so how, yeah. okay. So how do you adjust your routine to fit that? Those class, I'm using air quotes, those classes that <laughs> just have a rough time all over the school, not just in music. Okay. So I kind of picked up on two things that seemed to work for me. And one was like, the more boring I made the lesson, the more <laughs> they just kind of went with it. That's awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> even though it was boring to me, it wasn't necessarily boring to them. Because mm -hmm. like, I, like I mentioned earlier, I just like seeing their eyes light up. I just like seeing them enjoy what they're doing. But just because that's not happening doesn't mean they're not learning and they're not engaged. So I would just kind of keep it a little more toned down for them. And then another thing that I found really worked for me was to do things with individual students, like um, maybe a game where they each have to sing or clap a rhythm by themselves or something like that. Like just to like go around the room, like even those quaver, if you have quaver, they have those inner right board games and where like maybe a kid will just go up and pick a rhythm like just doing that like the class is silent because they are watching their classmates do something mm -hmm. and they kind of show their classmates a little bit more respect than they show the teacher sometimes yeah <laughs> so I, those are two things that kind of worked out for me i love that i honestly think sometimes the simplest lessons and the simplest way of doing things are honestly the best i feel like we feel like sometimes we need to overcomplicate things. Like for instance, I'm thinking back to, we are talking about folk dances. So teach the folk song and then clap the rhythm of the folk song, apply it to instruments, then do the dance. And then do, it's just sometimes too much, especially for those classes that cannot handle a lot of things. They just, mm -hmm. so I feel like it's okay. So if you're teaching all the things to those other second grade classes, we mentioned mm -hmm. to that one, who maybe can't handle all of, all of that, just maybe teach them the song and then possibly, I don't know, um, body percussion with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You agree with that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So simpler is better for those kids. I agree with that. <laughs> okay. So are there any other um, classroom management strategies you can suggest that have worked well for you? I, I'm just like, I'm, um... I guess I just don't have like that personality to where I come in and just kids are like, oh, I better pay attention <laughs> and listen. But I had a friend of mine who was younger than me and she taught second grade and she was like 10 years younger than me, <laughs> mm -hmm. but she just had it down like from day one. So I would just watch her and just pick up tips from her. But honestly, I think the thing I relied on most was <clears throat> having the routine. And then one thing that kind of spoke to me, I don't know if you know um, the author, Jen Wilkin. Yeah. But she talks a lot about being relational versus like having rules. And one thing she said like really spoke to me, um, it was just kind of like setting yourself up for the long term. So she's talking about parenting and I just relate so much of what she says to teaching. And she said, rules enable relationships over the long term. So a lot of teachers now are being told to be relational, develop relationships with your kids. And it's just like, 
we don't see them for very long. And it's yeah. like, and secondly, how do you do that? Like, right. <laughs> and so a lot of people confuse being relational with being likable and being friends and like just having like some kind of like banter with your children, but mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to set yourself up for the long term. So I feel like if you're focused on the rules and there are consequences for the rules and you enforce your rules, that's when you have the opportunity to, like the rules will bring the children to you because that's when you have the opportunity to have a conversation with them and to sit mm -hmm. down with them and explain their consequences. And that's when they can kind of see like, you are on their side, but right. you do have to enforce these rules. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> case in point, like my first school, I had a kid who was literally um, recruiting kids for his parents for like a gang that was like a, a neighborhood gang. Oh my! And we had a very, very, <laughs> very ro rocky start. Like it was mm -hmm. rough. And um, <clears throat> um, but I did kind of stick with my rules. I didn't. I, I'm kind of a pushover, but I just, I knew I could not do that with him. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, he signed up for chorus. He would come on our field trips with us. He was the first kid ever to come back and visit me after he mm -hmm. went to middle school. And I feel like that's how you build relationships. You don't just like be their friend. You be like their teacher where they feel safe around you and they know that they can't get away with everything with you. So oh, I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my experience is um, my first teaching job is inner city school. It was title one. And I remember a lot of people being like, Oh, you don't want to teach at that school or things like, mm -hmm. no, that, that's why all the, there's been so many, there was so many um, like a rotating door of people quitting and just uh -huh. getting out kind of school. And I was like, no, every kid deserves to be taught and loved. And, and so it was the same way. It's so hard. I've heard this so many times too, like you said, for music teachers to develop a relationship with students because you yeah. aren't with them all day. You know, you don't have them in the classroom all day long, like the general classroom teachers. But like you said, being relational, finding those moments where if they are the one, you know, losing a privilege or, you know, if you're having to have a conversation with them, a hard conversation, but turning it around and being like, but here's how we're going to improve. I'm not giving up on you. And I think the one of the cool things about teaching music is you do see the kids, it, depending on how long you're at your school. But like you said, you see them, they develop your trust over time or you develop their trust. Well, it's kind of equally mutual. <laughs> but um, throughout the years, you know, you'll see sometimes them go from kindergarten to fifth or sixth grade. And it's awesome because usually in those years that you're going to have the hardest times when they're like getting older in fourth and fifth grade, a lot of these kids, they already know you. And there are even the kids that are in the roughest of home environments and the roughest of neighborhoods. And they, they know you love them because you've, you've given them time to do that. So as a music teacher, um, I feel like ways you can be relational, like you said, is having conversations, but even going back to routines, I feel like part of something you can include in a routine, if you're comfortable doing this is at the beginning or end of class is just have maybe two minutes to talk about, what did you eat for dinner last night? <laughs> Do you have a favorite book you're reading? Are you um, doing anything fun after school or it's spring breaks coming up? What are your plans? And a lot of times these kids, I feel like even, and I don't mean this harshly, but the students I taught didn't even have parents asking them these questions a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so just having someone to just, and they'll look at you like, oh, 
you know, view you as more than just the music teacher? Do you feel like that? Did you do stuff like that too? Or you just kind of maybe, and I know you don't have a lot of time to do. And so maybe it's not every week, but you just asking them questions about life as well. Yeah, I feel like you can, you can do, especially since I had morning duty and afternoon duty in the hall and you can just kind of chit chat with them a little bit, um, or recess. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> I forgot my train. I lost my train of thought. No, I do that all the But time. yeah, I think <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of doing it at the end of class, sometimes I would do it at the beginning of class and mm -hmm. I would just ask them, you know, what's your favorite food or whatever, but we would do it with like soulfish so they could all answer mm -hmm. and sing back like, you know, what they're interested in or what their favorite TV show was or song or things like that. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Oh, man, I've loved this episode so much. I feel like it's just going to music teachers are going to listen to this and just get so much out of it because routines are so important. And it's, I don't know if it's something about my personality, but I'm routine all the way through life with everything. I feel like I just have to, I have, I write all the things down. I take notes all the time. And so I do think students just like us as adults really do respond to routines and knowing what to expect next. And that's mm -hmm. really helpful with classroom management. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have anything else to say about that real quick? Oh, I well, I will add that I was saving myself a ton of time <laughs> because my first few years of teaching, I was up every night writing new lesson plans. And with this routine, I'm like, oh, I just need to plug in different things. So, <laughs> so good. It's yeah. so good. Okay. So I love to close out every episode by asking, and if you have more than one, that's okay. But what's mm -hmm. one piece of advice you wish someone had told you before you started teaching elementary music? I think, I mean, the biggest thing I think is just having the routine. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. We've talked about it already, but it was such a game changer. Like it was like one of my first like music teacher, like breakthrough moments where I was, I was literally amazed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't believe how much I was getting done. And, I, and like before, like when I would teach recorder, I would just, I had a few different method books and I would just throw a song up on the whiteboard and we were getting like nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one thing I was started doing was I just started going deeper into everything that they were doing. So with the recorder, like instead of just putting up a song and going over BAG, we like broke everything down and you need to just break everything down into something that's repeatable for every song. So like we would go over the lyrics, we'd go over the rhythm, we would go over the solfege and sing it multiple times. Then we would go over the notes, we'd go over the fingerings needed for the song, we'd go over articulation, we would practice the song with like hints with like the note names and then mm -hmm. I, by the time we had finished this whole process by the time i took away the notes and they were just reading the music i was amazed that like 80 percent or 90 percent of the kids could just play the song mm, that's <laughs> awesome yeah that's awesome hey so before we go i actually did forget to ask you one thing but mm -hmm. i think it's important um so speaking of routines i would love for you to give us an example of routines in your classroom like for instance so the kids walk in your room. So from the moment they walk into when they leave, what would a typical like breakdown of a class period look like for you? Okay. So I kind of went over a little bit of my routine for mm -hmm. <clears throat> with that I did with the second grade class. So they would enter, we would do a hello song, do roll, sing the daily dough, do our sofa dojo drill. <clears throat> we would, and then we would learn a new folk song. And then we did a goodbye song. Okay. When I taught 
middle school chorus, I changed up my routine because I was also intimidated by the fact that I was teaching secondary chorus. Mm -hmm. So immediately I was like, I need a routine. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. this routine was, they came in and they had to set up their chairs because I, I also didn't have a room. So I was moving rooms every period, which was like a nightmare. <laughs> but, oh, God. <laughs> but um, they would come in, set up their chairs. I had a whole list of vocal warmups that we would go through. Then we would sing a round or two. Then I use uh, this program S cubed by Dale Duncan, and it goes through a whole year of sight reading and sight awesome. singing um, drills. Awesome. that you can do for like 10 minutes at the beginning of class. Mm -hmm. And I knew this was like a new thing for them. So they'd never done sight singing. And mm -hmm. it was just nice to like start from the beginning and just work our way through. And the beautiful thing about a routine is they can track their progress. They can feel proud of what they're doing and how far they've come. Because when you're doing something different every day or every time you see them, they, they don't know how far they, they've come. But, yeah. And then um, so we would do the solfege drills or the sight singing drills then i play a really short game and then we would just focus on rep for the rest of the period so that was my course routine that's so helpful that's so helpful because i know these are questions i had when i was starting out is you know you have them for a certain amount of time but then you're mm -hmm. like well, what do i do with them during the whole 45 <laughs> right. minutes you know and then right. you, do, you just figure it out as you go and that's okay it's okay to not know right away. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the hardest things for me was allowing enough time to get the kids in the room mm -hmm. and lining them up to leave. I don't know why that's so hard, but you don't, <laughs> you don't realize how long that's going to actually take until you do it. You're like, it shouldn't take 10 minutes to get these yes. kids lined up. How is this so hard? <laughs> <laughs> I learned one thing. This kind of is not my personality, but it might be helpful for somebody else but because whenever i start the goodbye song i'm like are they going to do it are they going to sing with me yeah. <laughs> but, and you're but, just kind of hanging out there on your own singing you're like okay yeah but i've done this even with up to sixth grade and this kind of worked um she, it was like the simplest like exit routine um this teacher told me she did she clapped once and they stood up then she clapped two times and they turned their bodies. And then she clapped three times and they all just followed the leader out to the lineup at the door. That's great. <laughs> no, like I said, it's the simplest ideas that work the best. Really I don't know why things like that work so well. But even if you find with fifth grade, the things you're like, oh, they're not going to respond to this. And you're like, wow, okay. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> It is so great having you on. I really am so glad you came on here. And I... I just love this conversation. I've never really heard anybody break it down the way you did. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.